With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I left the city, I've been browsed. Treading water that they drowned. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 125 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. We're recording a little bit later tonight, so, you know, getting that out of the way. Joining me as always, you know, we were, we've were we been talking rookies lately. We did the first round two weeks ago. We did the second round uh, last week. Welcome again, John. We're going to be chopping up with rookies and we're going to talk free agent running backs because that's the biggest question I've been getting lately is what do we do with these running backs? What do we do with these rookies? Like a running back, get it, man. I'm straight up the black. I could run it back because I'm straight with the rock. Dude, that's no, like three be- straight weeks of Jay-Z quotes and straight fire. And guys, you guys have been coming out like crazy for this 23 content. And like we're breaking records over here of how many listens you guys are. We can't thank you guys enough. And tonight, the idea of it all is... The biggest set of questions I get, people are always like, Dad, what do I do with those 2019 running backs? Because they're going to be free agents, you know, and we're looking at guys like, you know, it's going to be Josh Jacobs and we're going to have Miles Sanders, uh, Tony Pollard. Uh, who else we got in that group? I mean, it, De- Devin Singletary. It is just a a, a fun Damian group, Harris. you know, yeah. uh, of guys in there and David Montgomery. Then you're we what we want to do is. I made a thread today, and I put that out there, and we're going to compare and, and contrast where these rookie picks are worth for you guys. But I said, you know what? It, it's better to get out ahead of it. So we want to talk about those 2020 running backs, too. And there you got you know, you know, got Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, uh, A.J. Dillon. Like, we want to help you guys understand when you should buy these guys, when you should sell these guys, what these rookie picks are worth in those same areas. Because, John, I mean, we talk about – the the rookie the shelf life of a running back right and we talk about that first year and that first set of their their contract years and then it, it gets to be a little bit dicey because we never know where they're going to go after that is that are they going to come back to right. that team are they going right. to go somewhere in free agency are they going to break down now all of a sudden they're at that age of these guys are 24 25 20 going into 26 years old and it's just a game changer in this new dynasty running back landscape yeah this is a really important piece for everyone to nail down is the running back position championships are won and lost with running backs and we've been breaking it down with the the rookie running back class and and it's going to be a huge advantage for some of these top backs that are coming out on rookie deals in the nfl that you could ride you know for that rookie contract for four years but this is a really important topic right when should you move off these guys it's something that uh, is a dynamic it's more than just these guys are getting older and we, we've talked about this age cliff in that 27-year-old range, but there's more to it than that. Like you said, can they line up a second contract? And if they do, and if like some team pays up for them, that team now has to protect that investment. So what we see happen a lot of times in the NFL is they're not able to get the same workload that they had on that rookie contract, and we start to see some decline in the talent and the workload. And so you have to pick your moments to get – off these guys. Now, at the same time, what we're looking at here is guys that are going to be a free agent maybe next year. Well, on that last deal, that last year of a contract, the NFL teams, they're in their best interest to ride them into the ground. So if you're contending, you may want to hold on to a guy like JT, right? He might actually help you win a ship. Um, if you're not contending, you got to get off that pretty quick, right? So those are the things we're going to break down here. Today. That's exactly what I was going to talk about is JT having a year like Josh Jacobs this year. I mean, they, the, the yeah. Raiders straight up rode him, you know, they just used him as much as possible. And I think the, to allude to what you were talking about there is, I think we all got hooked on that 2017 running back class, right? And we just, <laughs> yeah, we I did. think 
I think we held him too long. And if you're trying mm-hmm. to sell Dalvin Cook right now, if you're yeah. trying to sell Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, anybody in that group, Leonard Fournette, it is tough. I mean, it is yeah. really tough. Aside from Christian McCaffrey, who had a nice resurgence and a great year, I mean, you're looking at, I don't think you can get a first for any of those right now. You know, if you can get a 24 yeah, first, right. and you know, you almost got to ride these guys out. So we're trying to, and we always do that at Smash, except we try to get out ahead of the curve. And the first guy we want to talk about with that, let's start with the cream of the crop for 2019. You know, he was my 101. Um, and it's, it's, it's Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs was an absolute beast coming out of college. He is yeah. the you know absolute prize of this class, but he's coming off his best season in nearly everything: career highs in oh, attempts, yeah. yards per carry, yards, receptions, receiving yards, touchdowns. I mean, Josh Jacobs went out and balled out. Now, what you got to look at is Josh Jacobs is technically you know he's in that since he was taken in round one is a guy that could potentially be you know be kept for a year that final year, but. Jacobs has already said he wants out. Team sounds like he he wants out there. So they may franchise tag him. That's the rumor right now. But w- the reason I'm buying in on Josh Jacobs, and right now I have him as my RB9. And if you look at it, I mean, you got Bijan 1, Brees 2, JT3, Walker 4. They're in their own tier. Barkley, CMC, ETN. And then I have him in the same tier right now as Eckler. Just Eckler and Jacobs okay. above yeah. Javante Swift and uh, in that area. Because... My man's 24 years old. Yeah. He's coming off an absolute monster year where he was RB3. And you, you have to just start looking at some of these deals and start thinking what happened. This is a guy who he will be 25 when the season starts. But, John, he was RB8, RB11, and RB3 when you're talking points per carry leagues. It's not just this year. You know, Josh Jacobs has had three fantastic years. Now he goes into, into year four. And I think... This is a situation where I kind of said it with Tony Pollard. We just saw what he's able to do, but there are four teams rumored to be interested in, in Josh okay. Jacobs right now. So right now, he, those four teams, Detroit, not wild on that, but Miami, mm-hmm. Philly, and Buffalo, all three strongly rumored towards Josh okay. Jacobs. Now, can you imagine Josh Jacobs in that Philly offense? Josh Jacobs in Buffalo. Wow. Josh Jacobs, even more, the one – Landing spot that I value even more is Miami because I think Miami is going to they're going to get a workhorse back and really be in there. But we're talking a former offensive rookie of the year. He could play under the franchise tag, but he's a guy that I think has we haven't seen his ceiling yet. Like coming out of college, I know there was a lot of talk of, you know, he has those Alvin Kamara type receiving skills. This was his best year, you know, as a running back, as a receiving back. But man, this is somebody who I'm super intrigued with. And I think this time last year, we were starting to think he was barely inside the top, what, 15? Now, I firmly have him as my RB8, RB9, and I think this is going to be the year again for Josh Jacobs. Yeah, and what we're going to start doing here is helping you understand what is Jacobs worth relative to like the incoming picks that we have in this rookie class. That's a very important thing to do here in the offseason leading up to these rookie picks. And when you look back at it, his talent um, was, was enough to go in the first round. So right away, we're asking ourselves, okay, where are the potential first round rookie running backs going to be coming out this year? Maybe early second. That range is fine too. We saw some of the top backs the NFL get early day two, draft capital as well. But I think, again, it's important to kind of remember the type of investment in draft capital that these guys had coming out of college. Remember, he was over at Bama and, you know, he's still young. And he really got it done. He really proved that he could carry a, a, a really large workload. He could get the receptions as well. Uh, I think well, that let's, what, what let's I will, talk about him yeah. in comparison to yeah. this rookie class because I think right. this is. I'm saying I'm buying, and everything is is strategic. Mm-hmm. Some of the deals recently that that I've advised people to make is Travis Etienne in a 24 third for Jacobs and and the 205. We talked about those 23 seconds. Okay. That's an area where you're talking about a guy that could cash in. Dalvin Cook and a 210 for Josh Jacobs. And then recently, the, I, I suggested the Superflex 109 for Josh Jacobs. When we do those threads as far as values, right now he is sitting in that 107, 108 range. And, John, if I come yeah. to you today, like, hey, you know, I, this is the last piece of the puzzle. Do I want one of the running backs or wide receivers at 107 or 108? Or do I want Josh Jacobs? And I think this is really what we try to do and try to make things applicable is, you know, we talked about we have Bijan 1, 
Stroud and Young, two and three. We have um, JSN at four, Gibbs at five, and then it gets a little bit more fluid. So if you're sitting there at 107, 108, are you willing to go out and make that investment for the 25-year-old Josh Jacobs, or are you going to kind of roll with the class? Yeah, it's a real, that's a real tough one. That's right about where I have them. And I know that you had kind of dropped Jacobs in between that like seven and eight range. I currently have had a tier of, of players that you rattled them off there, like Gibbs, Jordan, Addison, Quentin Johnston. That range after eight for me is kind of where I would have a fall. That's where I have a tier break right mm-hmm. now. And so that's where I would really start to consider Josh Jacobs. But look, you could move around a little bit. Um, I, you know, I could see um, maybe going, if you had the 107, would you make that move? As a contender, you, you really want to make sure by making a move like that, that you, you're, you're really increasing your chances. You feel like you're for sure a top three team. If you're not, I'm not as likely to make that move. This is the kind of thing we talk about, top three, bottom three. If making the move for Jacobs gets you there, okay, I'm probably in. But again, I... on investing in running backs right now because of okay. the landscape that's going to dramatically change with all these free agents moving around with all the rookies coming in. So that is kind of what we're prefacing this with. But if, if Josh Jacobs just proved himself, either comes back to the, the Raiders or he goes to one of those other teams you just mentioned, the risk is actually pretty low and there's less risk there with Jacobs and some of these other guys are going to be moving around. So uh, I think that's probably in the range that I, I would consider Jacobs seven, eight, um, certainly getting past eight for sure. I'm going with Jacobs. That's I said, I'm buying for one Oh nine or later. What, you know, yeah. like the one Oh eight, I got to think about it for a little bit. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. buying for any 24 first that isn't considered top, you know, top five that's right. at this point. I think the biggest thing, John, and I tell everybody this right now is Josh Jacobs has more risk than the one Oh seven. The 107 is going to continue to appreciate in value. Josh Jacobs could hold out. Josh Jacobs right. could That's could right. chase the bag and go somewhere where there's already another, you know, another another running back in this situation. I mean, I I love the idea that he was one of only three running backs with a plus 90 PFF rushing grade. We're only mm-hmm. scratching the surface here. Um, you know, he did have a top 12 offensive line, you know, as far as a PFF yeah. graded for the run. So he's in a good spot, but we talk about some of these other spots and they do feel like great spots. So I'm buying Josh Jacobs. Ideally go out there and see if you can get him for a 24 first because they're all hot right now. See if you can get him for maybe 109. Okay, okay. Um, I like that. Maybe even a pair of seconds, even though those seconds we talked about are really hot and they're going to continue. I would yeah. give up the 204 and the 208 because I think, you know, we talk about the hit the rates. Seconds, I mean, you're yeah. looking at maybe 17 to 20% in the hit rate for those mm-hmm. second rounders. So mm-hmm. I think the hit rate of Josh Jacobs is is 100%. So you're set there. Yeah. Uh, number two in that class and another guy, I mean, you, you guys know I'm an Eagles fan, but Miles Sanders, really, we talked about Jacobs having a breakout, but Miles Sanders, this was his best year Ever. I mean, career highs in in carries with 259. This was the first year where they're like, let's see what this kid can do, you know. And similar to what we're going to talk about with 2020s and what you should be looking for those guys. I mean, it's the last year of his deal, right? Like, why not? Let's 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 see what he can do. Let's put it all out there on the table. Let's gonna you know run him down a little bit. 1175 rushing yards, John. That's fifth in the league. 11 touchdowns. And, you know, obviously Jalen Hurts was, was vulturing quite a few of those. But this is a guy that this was his healthiest season yet, played 15 to 17 games, always been a high yards per carry kind of guy, 4.9 yards per carry, uh, career low in receptions, but a lot of that was was usage of Kenny Gainwell stepping in. That's a guy I know he's, he's he looked really good in the playoffs. If you guys can get Kenny Gainwell thrown in deals, go do that. I mean, I think – I think the Eagles are necess- probably going to move on from Miles Sanders, but even if they don't, he's the guy. He's the number two there. So my biggest thing, what I was saying with Miles Sanders is, I am selling Miles Sanders. If you can get a late twenty-three first or any twenty-four first, you do it. I don't think that's happening yeah. right now. You know, right now I have him. I would buy for a twenty-four second. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. have him. I have him ranked right now, John, and I think it's very fair at the two hundred two range. Now I think yeah. if you're in that area, maybe that's maybe Boutte falls, maybe Charbonnet falls. It really depends on what it Kendrick looks like. Miller. It's a yeah. nice area 
But Miles Sanders, again, Miles Sanders will be, he's he will be 26 years old. That's the thing you got to look at, right? So we're looking at guys, if you're comparing to rookies, you can't compare them to their current age. We're, we're out there grinding exactly. for you guys. He will be yeah. 26 when the season starts. So you got to look at that too, yes. because that age cliff we talk about is 27. He's coming off that ideal situation, John. I mean, the Philly run game is is absolutely yeah, ideal. That's where you out. want guys in there. So recent trades that I've helped complete that I want to get your take on. First one is Christian McCaffrey for Miles Sanders and the 104. So you get in the, that's a super flex. Your thought on that trade? Christian McCaffrey for Miles Sanders in the 104. Yeah, um, if I'm contending, oof, that's a, <laughs> that's a tough one. Uh, I, I, I might, I might be still, believe it or not, leaning McCaffrey on a it's, contending team, but it's, it's tough. If, if I'm not, if I'm not like for sure going for a ship, I like the other side. Yeah. And my, my thought process on this is, you know, I love the insulated trades this year. Miles yeah. Sanders was 80% of Christian McCaffrey. Now you add JSN to Miles Sanders. Yeah. And that to me is, is a win in that Good one. Yeah. Another one I kind of liked, I, I talked to one of our listeners and I, we traded Zeke in a 24 second for Miles in a 24 third. I think Zeke is a lot more, a lot less tread on the tire left than Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is, sure. is that guy that, you know, we talk about he's 26 years old, but his his carries have not been what some of these other backs are. This was the first year we got to see that. The other yeah. one is, and I thought this was a smash except a Superflex 204. You know, so I'm coming to you now, John. We're talking yeah. that 202 range. Mm-hmm. We're, we're saying Boutte. We're saying Kendra Miller. We're saying, you know, maybe Charbonnet falls in there. Those are, those are the kind of guys we're looking at. Right. Talk to yeah. me a little bit of how you see that breakdown because I think a lot of our listeners – are, are bailing off this class recently, which is blowing my mind. I'm seeing a lot of analysts <laughs> out there being yeah. like, hey, guys, let's start looking to 2024. No, just no, okay? Like, <laughs> we have not seen what's out there. I see people trying to find warts on all of the prospects now. They're like, you don't want the quarterbacks. I do. <laughs> you know, they're like, I saw someone the other day be like, be, be careful, Bijan could be the next Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Absolutely not. Bijan Robinson has been the Get best guy here. in this class. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, sorry if you guys weren't paying attention, was like RB6 that year, but people decided to get foolish and make him the RB1 because he went to the Chiefs. This isn't a guy right. going into a landing spot. He's an absolute stud. Same with Gibbs, same with JSN. You know, like people are really trying to find issues with this class. Yeah, and be careful with that, right? Because we're, we're always going to shoot you straight with with the values and where, where these classes are at. I mean, we were kind of talking down on the part of the 2022 class, but I think we are just at that point in the off season where everyone's kind of got rankings out and tiers and profiles and mock drafts. And so what do we start doing? We start breaking each of these guys down more and more and start knocking some of the, the prospects. I don't no want to knock that. that. There's a lot of yeah, people, John, you and I, we started since the season was over there. Like let's formulate a game mm-hmm. plan to give our listeners the best content and the best draft, you know, prospects and how it works. A lot of other analysts, and I'm and I'm not speaking ill on them, but they're just coming out of the woodwork now and just trying to some takes throw out. some takes out there. And you know, yeah. there are draft guys, and then there are guys that you know. I know you, you've been diving into the draft analysis, and I'm big right. on the trades. And when we merge it together, it works. But there's a lot of guys throwing out takes out there. Don't believe everything you read. You know, that's what yeah. John and I are really trying to say right now. Yeah, hit us up. I mean, it's okay to critique these guys for sure and kind of compare and contrast versus other assets like a Miles Sanders. But this running back class is so deep. And again, if you look at Miles Sanders coming out, he was a second round pick in the 2019 draft. He's at 5'11", 211 type range. And if you look at this class, you got a lot of other guys that you're resetting the clock on that are similar day two draft capital projected, similar size, even better speed and athleticism in many cases. So I would definitely rather have at this point in time, based on the talent and projected draft cattle, I'd, ra- I'd rather have Kendra Miller, Sean Tucker. I would rather have, you know, obviously Jameer Gibbs. I would rather have Zach Evans for sure. And I'm kind of even getting into the range where would I rather probably rather have Tank Bigsby, maybe even Tajay Spears. Those are probably going to come down that tier to where did they land? What kind of draft capital did they get? Uh, but, you know, you're getting a younger running back that could end up in a, a strong situation there. 
So it's I'm kind of down into that range where I would really prefer the the running back pick coming out over Sanders until you get into that Tank Bigsby, Tajay Spears range like we were talking about with our second round picks last week. And I, I've always been, I've, I've followed him since Penn State. I've been big on his athletic profile. I mean, he, I, I love Miles Sanders. So I think he's a buy for me in that range, unless mm-hmm. Charbonnet would fall. But again, you don't have to do this now. We're just trying to say this is how you can, how you can look at it. Because, yeah, Miles Sanders could get an uptick in value if he goes to the right situation. But he is sure. in the best situation Yeah, now. that's the thing. Right? So it's like there are guys that can – we talk about they can go to a better spot. But, like, Miles Sanders is in the spot, in my opinion, of the number one running offense in the league. He was the guy that was, was that bell right. cow this no year. No doubt. So, um, you know, if you got any Sanders trades, bring them our way. The next guy – this is what this one hurt. You know, it's Tony Pollard. I think Tony Pollard. I've been yeah. I've been doing tons of threads on him. I had him in that 108 range. John, now right now, I'm still seeing he is still a lot of people's dynasty RB12. I recently just moved him down a little bit. Yeah, um, you, you know, to. with the with the injury, most people still have him in that top 12 range. He was with Joe Mixon. We're obviously moving Joe Mixon down too. Uh, mm-hmm. But right now, you know, I I'm considering moving a couple of guys in there like. You know, Najee Harris, Nick Chubb, you know, those guys were all in that that similar area. Right. Talk to me a little bit. We're going to talk Tony Pollard. Right now I have him between the 110 and the 111. And that's a, a tricky spot there because, again, we're not quite sure what kind of running back situation or who's going to fall into that area. Uh, but I believe Tony Pollard, we just saw his floor. That is a rock solid rb2 this year he was an rb1 i think we saw that and the upside is definitely there on a guy like tony pollard who you know just had his best season there's there's a recurring Mm -hmm. theme here that we're gonna move when we move to the 2020s you gotta listen like if we're talking all these 2019 rookies had their most usage their most yardage their best season it's because one they want to get paid two the teams are trying to utilize them as much as possible this is just foreshadowing yeah, those contract gears are really big. And if you're on those contending teams, you definitely want those kind of guys. So that's why we're talking this through. And and Pollard, man, uh, did we see his peak, right? Did we see his ceiling? Well, there's a scenario where Dallas moves on from Zeke and they kind of commit to Pollard. Maybe they bring in a complimentary back. The Zeke contract, the dead dead cap would, I I don't think it's even possible on this one. Because I've been looking into, I have a lot of people tweeting at me. They're like, oh, I think Zeke's gone. It is almost impossible. Like the amount of dead cap space. That is the shoot the moon scenario right there, right? Tony Pollard, if this helps, will be 26 years old in April. Kind of like Miles Sanders hasn't done that full usage until this, this last season. Yeah, and I think if you're contending, you, you got to be a little concerned there because, okay, maybe he's going to recover, but when does he get back to 100%? You mm-hmm. don't want to start off slow in a contending season next year and not have uh, a full Tony Pollard. Does he re-injure himself, you know, trying to come back too early? What What is going to happen there? Or does he move on from Dallas and end up in a situation where he, he's not going to have the same kind of workload? The talent, though, Wow, on display. I mean, he looked way better, way more juice than Zeke. It became almost yeah. kind of like a, a running joke there with Jerry. Like, what are you doing even putting Zeke out there as much as you are? But, um, yeah, I think that Tony Pollard, though, right, if you if you could get a first right now from him, might be good, especially, um, you know, yeah. if, you're, if you're just you're trying to get, get out of that situation right now, reduce your risk. I, I looked it up, Zeke's. 12 11.86 mil against the cap so if you cut him <laughs> yeah. just just in reference mm-hmm. Smotrack has uh josh jacobs scheduled to make 12.4 million so like literally yeah. you're cutting him for a starter number so i, I don't think that's right. possible right. Um, right tony pollard i would not be selling for any just random 24 first but i mm-hmm. might i I'm, I'm i sold him in smash seven for the 108 and i i, okay. I feel good about okay. that was pre-injury yeah. I like now that. i think I would sell him for the 110, but I might hold him for the 112. Again, those players are probably going to uptick more yeah. than Tony Pollard. We're just trying to give you an idea of where those guys are are, are slated in. Uh, the next running back in this in this class, David Montgomery. He's he's polarizing in the community, right? I mean, we look at it. 2020, or he had 201 carries, 804 or 801 yards, four touchdowns, all career lows. Uh, after flashing in 2020, where 
2020, he was a, you know, high-end RB2. And I think I blame this. I, I'm starting to look at it more. And you do the math. You look at it as David Montgomery as a prospect was rock solid coming in, you know. And he was, yeah, was going to be. Exactly. And we knew he was going to be pro ready. I blame this a little bit more on the rise and shortcomings of that Chicago Bears offense. I think with you fields. have to consider it. Yeah. And that offensive line, that offensive line right. is horrendous. I mean, Justin Fields was an RB1 as quarterback. No doubt about it. Yeah. No but doubt. now yet that definitely took away, you know, he, he had seven rushing touchdowns. Montgomery had career lows with just four. Uh, so what are we mm-hmm. doing with David Montgomery? This is, he is a guy that has put up, 808 every single season. You know, he's been that guy, 800 yards, it's going to happen. But moving on, unlike the other situations, right? We talked about every single one of those running backs, those other three, it was their career year, and they're in arguably the best situation possible. David Montgomery's coming off his worst year, but he's in a situation where he was just in his worst possible scenario, right? A bottom three offensive line against the run. Um, I'm thinking I'm buying right now. Mm Mm-hmm for you know those mid to late seconds um i'm trying to trade him straight up i'm trying to get him for uh people are still really high on pacheco you know on on zeke on brian robinson but i think Mm -hmm. i think david montgomery for me slots in that 203 to 205 range but i'm seeing him people selling him for 208 to 210. i got him in smash seven in like the 12th round but let's let's plug him into one of these situations because he's Mm -hmm. a running back that Wherever he goes, I believe he's going to be probably at least a 1A to one, 1A, someone's 1B. One, one sure. um, yeah. I, I think David Montgomery is a low-key buy for me. He's not electric like those first three guys, but he gets the job done. I think if you're getting into the mid to late second range, for sure, you got it. You got to think about full Monty. And, <laughs> the full Monty, baby. And he could get a full workload right because he does have the receiving skills he he showcased that and i think you're right that you you should kind of reduce your risk and assume he'll be a part of some committee mm-hmm. and on you know a, a contract but i think we could easily convince ourselves that he's in, he's improving the overall offense the offensive line so look the risk is there but when you're getting into mid to late second for sure and i think i think you're right even in kind of the getting past that tier that I was just getting into like the tanks, big, big speed type range. And, um, you know, I still like the upside of a guy like Tajay Spears, but I would, I'd probably prefer full Monty over some of the, the next few guys like Deuce Vaughn, uh, maybe yeah. Devon, a chain kind of near that the same value there. But yeah, I think and he's the still nice part is you're getting, you're getting them on the cheap. I mean, I, I, yeah, exactly. I sold uh, the 203 for David Montgomery in the 209 the other day. I feel oh, really good about yeah. that because I'm like, if we're Smash talking about, that, I'm not even, I'm not, you're not even paying up in that situation because we talked right. about right. how special that second round is and it's deep. It's not special because it's necessarily high and then dips off. It is deep. Um, then yeah. let, let's talk about, we, we had two more guys in this class that we got to talk about and that's Devin Singletary. Coming off yet another highly productive timeshare, 117 carries, 819 yards at 4.6 yards per carry, 38 receptions, 280 yards there, six total touchdowns. John, he was he was the RB23, yeah. so he was an RB, RB2 again in a top three offense. So, I mean, he's shown flashes, but he's been absolutely consistent. You know, like every single right. year, year in and year out, he's been consistent. Very similar to what we said about Miles Sanders. This is that dream landing spot, right? Like we just, we thought right. anybody That's that goes there. factor. We have to look at Devin Singletary was be able to hold James Cook at bay. Um, but we're, we're in this area here where where does he go? You know, the market is going to shift quite a bit. I think Devin Singletary isn't one of those guys that signs first. He's going to be one of those guys that signs later because they're trying to figure out, you know, what things look like. Um, right now, what I'm advocating is, and I've done this a couple times, is if you, you almost have a deal done, say, hey, yo, you throw me Devin Singletary because you're not competing. I'll throw you a, a future third-round pick. You know, try to, try to get a scenario where you mm-hmm. get a potential running back. You, we talk about it. When we get to November, December, we want a slew of running backs. And I think he's a guy that he could be yeah. robbing to somebody's Batman again. You know, he could go somewhere else and still be productive. I know you've had him on Dynasty teams. He's not sexy, yeah. but he gets it done. 
Yeah, even on my like Smash One championship roster, I had Devin Singletary. I still believed in him, and I certainly believed in him more than I did Zach Moss. And I think you're right that he did kind of um, hold off the rookie there. But um, over the course of the season, James Cook was starting to get more and more love Absolutely. there in that offense, right? And they, they wanted to see what they had in James Cook. And we have seen so many mocks now where Buffalo can take kind of a luxury pick at a running they have back, to. maybe the first or second. I think that they do. I think Devin is, is going somewhere else. But I think he still could be a sneaky flex-type player. And you could just kind of use this whole situation that's developing where it's very likely he's not he's going to be leaving Buffalo and buy him on the cheap, yeah. get him as a toss-in. And But I, I think you're right. You want to give any contending roster plenty of running back options and picking up something cheap like that. But again, this guy still – he was pretty talented. He was also a third-rounder, kind mm-hmm. of went in the same – range is david montgomery in that 2019 draft and uh he he really still could carry the the load between the tackles we we, he's shown that he can catch the ball as well sometimes that could extend the longevity of these guys if they work them Mm -hmm. like that in an offense so yeah maybe he's a 1b but he can still contribute for you and what we're saying here is that the value could be there so this is where i'm getting more into kind of the late second range. Most yep. of these second rounders that we talked about last week, I'd probably prefer a bit over Devin Singletary. Well, and I think the upside's but, there, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, it is. it is. I have him ranked around two eleven. Would I pay two eleven? Probably not. Would I pay a 24 second? Probably not. You know, like this is a scenario mm-hmm. where you, you'll have to get creative to get Devin Singletary if you want him. But I think it's a scenario where you could get him pretty cheap. You know, like a lot of times I talk about yeah. these kind of moves and, and they don't understand it, but I'm looking at a team where I'm not all that good and, and they're a contending team. And I was like, Hey, why don't we, why don't you give me Singletary and your, or Singletary and your third for my second. And then you, you look there in between or yeah. the other way around you're contending. I'm sorry. You're contending. They're not, you get in that situation and the difference between the second and third is nothing. And then you get Singletary basically yeah, level for up. free. Yeah. Right. The other guy you can get for free, and I know you love him as well. Once a RB2, you know, but Damian Harris has become a dynasty afterthought. Yeah. Coming off 106 carries, career lows in every single area. But let's not forget, before Ramondre Stevenson took over this backfield, we're looking at a guy who was winning you fantasy championships with 202 carries, 900, almost 929, almost 1,000 rushing yards, 15 touchdowns. 4.6 yards per carry as a workhorse. Damian Harris is no longer a workhorse no matter where he goes. But he's a prime add-on for a deal, John. Like this is this is something where I think you could get him for any 24-third. I think this is a guy that you get added on to a deal. You don't start yeah. the deal and say, hey, what do you want for Damian Harris? Because then all mm-hmm. of a sudden their radar goes off. But yeah. this is a, someone Mixing who – Yeah, exactly. You're just like, I throw him in Let's let's finish this deal. And I know you like Damian Harris as well. Yeah, and, and I've had him on some contending rosters. I mean, we saw what happened this past season, but that creates a buy low opportunity with this guy. He was also a third-round pick in the 2019 draft, just after these other guys that like you just talked about, David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, the talent there. And again, I keep bringing this up because it's good to understand if you're looking at rookies kind of like talent-wise, draft capital-wise, how do they stack up, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it helps you gauge – the, the value there. Of course, you're resetting the clock. If you can get a rookie that goes somewhere in that same range with the same kind of size and speed, right. but Damian Harris is just a very reliable back. I mean, he, he definitely was the, the top running back for Bill Belichick in that offense for a while. And he, he just seems like a dependable back that could, could absolutely reward a team with, you know, strong carries. He's not going to wow you. He's kind of lost some of that initial burst, that he had, but you could see this guy actually carrying a load and contributing flex type stats for a contending roster. I wouldn't mind grabbing him for cheap right now, just like we talked about with Singletary. So I, I like that. Who would you prefer between those guys? Damien Harris, Devin Singletary. I would take, I would take Devin Singletary. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. I, I, think, I think so. I think I saw more out of him. You know what I mean? And maybe that's out of sight, out of mind kind of deal. But I think you, you brought up a great point there is the draft capital. You know, these guys, you, you mentioned that on all of them. And I mm-hmm. think that's the biggest part of the process of our, our podcast on second round running backs, right? Uh, the draft capital is going to absolutely matter. If they get first, yeah. second, or third round 
that's fine. Sometimes you get these fourth rounders, but when you get these five, six, and sevens, it's a lot of dart throws. You know, it's a really, yeah, really very you know, important. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So now yeah. let's get into the fun part of the pod. We talked about the 2019s. That class let's was not go. quite as exciting. 2020 is very similar to 2023 is, is we got some ballers, right? And this 2020s version of, of B. John Robinson was Jonathan Taylor. He's the prize of that class. Um, and mm -hmm. he was taking a, a big step down. And we talk about February ADP of 2022. He was that 106. And I I think I took him in smash three at 106, you know, especially in a points per carry. Now he's going 206. So now we got to look at it. Is this a value? You know, after being the RB1 overall, absolutely monster season. 332 carries, 1,800 rushing yards, 18 yeah. touchdowns, 40 receptions, two more touchdowns. I mean, he was that guy, right? I mean, they yeah, absolutely dominated. Due to the volatility of the position, we were talking about selling him before, and I want to talk. Right, we were. I want to talk a little bit about where we're at with Bijan in comparison to that. Is when Jonathan Taylor was going 106. Two trades that I made. One of them was I traded Jonathan Taylor for the 22, 101, and 107. People okay. were like, "You just got hosed." <laughs> I'm sorry, I got Brees Hall and Chris Olave. Yeah. So I did not did get right. those. Yeah. But at the time, right, it sounded horrible. Because people were like, that ain't gonna work. Another deal that I recently or that I made before that was I traded Jonathan Taylor and uh, or Jonathan Taylor for AJ Brown, who was with Tennessee at the time, and a random 23 first. That random 23 first became 104. Now I just got AJ Brown and Jackson Smith and Jigba for Jonathan Taylor. So we gotta at least look right. at the scenario, I had a guy reach out yesterday. He's like, Dad, guy offered me the 102 and 103 for Bijan for the 101. I was like, just take it. Just, just mm -hmm. take it. Just take it. Because we've gotten to yeah. that that point of things. And I think we always just talk about the value once they hit a peak. And that in April, we were talking about with that, that with Jonathan Taylor. Now you could buy him back at a fraction of that. So, John, let, let's talk about what we're doing yeah. with Jonathan Taylor now. Because mm -hmm. this is a big question. People are like, well, should I sell now? I mean, he just took a massive dip, right? I mean, no, you don't want to sell now. There are questions, obviously, about the Colts' offense. He did have ankle surgery in January. He's he says he's going to be absolutely fine, but like I think what we got to look at is this is a season where we just saw the absolute worst possible. We did nagging ankle injuries, but he becomes a free agent in twenty twenty three. So, John. Yeah. Why would the Colts not give him 320 carries this year? Why would he not be a, at least a mid RB1 in 2023? Oh, I'm I'm all over JT in this coming season and I think that what you're going to see is the value will certainly improve versus what it is right now. He's definitely a buy right now. I think that the Colts overall offense, offensive line and quarterback are all likely to improve. That there's going to be a new coaching staff in, mm -hmm. in place as well. Hopefully not Saturday, <laughs> but the Colts overall situation is going to be completely different, right? New staff, new quarterback, new, new line. JT's talent is still there. We've already seen it before. And in this situation, unless you're, you're really getting like the 101 or 102, maybe 103, I'm probably holding on to JT here. Perfect. And, That's where I and, have him right now. Yeah, is I have okay. him, yeah. I, I have him above the 104, but below the 103. But you could talk me into a deal with the 103, I think. I think you could talk me into it if it's I had the right. quarterbacks. It's you about know? right. You know? yeah. And I, I think that's the interesting part. Some trades that I've advised recently, and I want to get your input. Uh, I, I, I talked a guy into giving up Travis Etienne in a 24 second. For me, that's a smash. I mean, I think Etienne had a great year. But if you can get Jonathan Taylor, where he's going to be. Uh, another one was give up post-injury Pollard and Pittman for Jonathan Taylor. I kind of like that. The other one I had was 104 okay. and Donovan Peoples-Jones. But these are the fun ones. These are the fun ones, John. Because these are the ones, these are the insulated trades. These are the ones that I think are going to be monumental. Yeah. Like this. So yeah. I, I advise the guy to trade Jonathan Taylor for Garrett Wilson in the 202. Think about that. Garrett Wilson and, and Charbonnet, like that could be yeah. huge. Yeah, that's huge, right? That's what you want to do here. And again, I think that you you do need to consider waiting, but there's still plenty of JT fans out there. And so mm -hmm. we're, we're just yeah. saying. Don't sell on the low, right? Like yeah, we're gonna, exactly. He's, his value uptick is going to come once you start seeing him back on the field. Yeah, right? the old JT back with, with it, a new offense, new coach. That's the time. But I think in general what we're saying is if you can – 
move off of him for these types of deals where you do have the insulated value. You can get one of these new, young, hot running backs, <laughs> all, all the all the hotness that we've been talking about, then you probably do want to do that. But man, I mean, if you're contending, I'd feel great about having JT sitting there oh, the yeah. roster with the well, workload those, that he's about to have. Those first three were buys for Jonathan Taylor, right? Like I, 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 right. I was advising Absolutely. buys. The other ones, one I just recently did with Jacoby is I got AJ Brown and the 210 and and AJ Brown's going in that same area as JT you know we're talking about the wide receivers are safer so if you're not trusting in that way then you get the insulation of that pick you know another one that was Jacobs in a 24 first you know that one's a little bit more dicey for me but I think there if you're not getting something with some serious insulation where you're not banking in that Jonathan Jonathan Taylor is going to appreciate in value period like I think it's just the writing's on the wall. It's going to happen. Invest now if yeah. you can get it on the cheap. Yeah, that, I think that's it. I think that you're you're absolutely right, though. Like, there's if you're getting one of those premium top like five six wide receivers in the deal for JT, that's just a kind of a safer overall dynasty move to make. It's like you mentioned AJ Brown. Who else would would you think that you'd, you'd consider? Yeah, you got to look in that area of, of of that second round. You know, like I think. You got Jalen Waddle. Uh, right, for me, right. I was buying Garrett Wilson. I think those yeah. are that's that area. Maybe even C.D. Lamb, but maybe you know, like that's where you want to be. As far as running backs, like that. if you can get anything on top of, if I'm selling him, you know, if I can get anything on top of maybe Kenneth Walker, I think that ship might have sailed. I've also seen people trade, you know, Jonathan Taylor plus to get to Brees too. So I mean, like if you're coming off of Brees, you might be able to go scale back. I mean, heck, you might be able to scale get you. You might be able to get Bijan in the first for for Jonathan Taylor at this point. Craziness, but you know <laughs> okay, we're, we're okay. just going around here. So let's talk about the next guy in that class, DeAndre Swift. He has yeah. looked his rookie year. He looked fantastic, right? Prime for a breakout in twenty twenty one didn't really happen. Angle ankle injuries really kept him kept him at bay. Oh, I'm sorry, in twenty twenty two, and then. But if you look at closer review and you just start looking at things, this was his most efficient season yet. I mean, it's really it's bizarre to look at. So rookie year, 114 carries, 521 yards, 4.6 yards per carry. 2021, 151, 617, 4.1. This year, 99 for 542, 5.5 yards per carry. And he had his most touchdowns of his career. So I'm looking at DeAndre Swift. I know you were the same way. We're watching him play, and you're like, why is Jamal Williams there? Yes. You know, that's okay. Crazy. But then, what is Justin Jackson doing in here? Like, why is he eating into the workload? So, you know, I know there was a lot of people thinking, hey, they were trying to keep him fresh. They were shooting for the playoffs. So I don't think that's it necessarily. So what should we do with DeAndre Swift? And I think we have an opportunity here with a guy that has RB1 upside for sure. One of the better receiving backs in the league. We know that. Um, they are likely, you know, if they bring Jamal Williams, that's the best case scenario. If they bring him back instead of going out there and, and drafting someone else or, but I think this is Mm -hmm. a, this is the year where he's going to, you know, he's going to get that usage. I could see him easily having his highest yards or carries in his career is 151. I could see him having that Miles Sanders type year here where he gets 200 plus carries, where he gets 60 plus receptions, you know, and he becomes a, a mid RB1 in 2023. I know it sounds crazy, uh, but let me talk to you about a couple trades that we did okay. recently. Okay, and let's then hear it. Right now, I have, before I do that, DeAndre Swift, I have between the 108 and 109. Exactly. And I Where think I have him, that, that I, tear break right there. Yeah. I think I would debate either direction. You know, like whichever way I could get a little bit more, mm-hmm. I would be there. And I think there's potential if he's only, he just turned 24, so he's a little bit younger. And I think that this is a guy who, if he can shake off some of these ankle injuries and shoulder injuries and these nagging injuries, and if he plays a full season, he's definitely going to shoot up in value. Yeah, that's exactly where I have him. That's the the tear break that I was I've been referring to, and we've been breaking down on the pod here. But I think it's there's eight guys that I for sure feel comfortable as of today that I value over Swift. But really, after that, I'm I'm taking Swifty. I think he's a buy for sure. All these frustrated owners that were were seeing Jamal Williams get all the goal line mm-hmm. and you know frustration with him not being able to stay on the field. I just will say that is the one caution I have, right? Because he has struggled to stay on the field. So you got to know 
This is a risk reward situation. So Absolutely. it depends on your roster construction, but um, for sure. I mean, I think we can convince ourselves that there's still plenty of juice and he's still a ceiling play week to week. And he's probably going to be coming back healthier. If he can stay on the field, he could definitely be an RB one. It's kind of the way I'm looking at it. So I'm saying random 24 first or anything after 108, yeah. I, I'm taking it. Uh, some deals that I saw recently, okay, yeah. 109 and 202 for Swift. I, I, I would have to take the picks there because we talked about yeah, how that, good that area sure, is. Sure. Um, I saw Jonathan Taylor for DeAndre Swift in the 105. Hmm. So okay, to like me, Gibbs, I kind of like. I know I like the in, the insulation there of potentially getting two guys that could catch up. I kind of like to that Jonathan side, yeah. Taylor. I mm-hmm. saw Chris, uh, Christian McCaffrey and McLaurin for Swift and Olave. I kind of like that if you're trying to get younger. You know, I mean, you get that okay, yeah. that same area in Olave. Sometimes, I, you know, you look at. You might downgrade at running back, but upgrade at wide receiver. And I think that is like, if you can get younger at wide Smart receiver, you know, it, it, it's yeah. a win because I could see, I could easily see McCaffrey and Swift switching ADP by the end of the year because McCaffrey's going to be 28 and, you know, Swift could have a, a monster season. Another guy that we saw it again, John, this is a guy I think you've had on, I've had Swift as my breakout guy for last year. You had Dobbins. <laughs> yeah. Dobbins, yeah. you know, he just... Oh, that Let's age go, old, JK. Come on. Age old it. adage, right? Of like the best ability is the availability, and he yeah. just hasn't been there. That's but, that's really but, all it is for him. Let's look at it. I mean, after dominating his rookie year, over six yards per carry, eight hundred and five yards and nine touchdowns on one start, right? So we were we were yelling. I remember this two yeah. years ago. It was free JK. Let him, you know, <laughs> obviously he tears yeah. his ACL, so 2021's gone. Half of 2022's gone. But, John, after he returned, weeks 14 through 17, he led the league in rushing and yards per carry. Oh, yeah, and super a, efficient. And accounted for over 26% of that Ravens offense. So, I mean, yeah, Lamar was out, you know, but we're already kind of looking at Lamar not being there. So, J.K. is a cheaper version here of a guy that right now I have between that 111 and 112, and I think that's where you got to start debating. But, yeah, he's an injury away from having no value at all. But Lamar walks. I could see a scenario where we get the best version of J.K. Dobbins, and I think if you trade a late 24 first or the 111, it could be huge for you because we know receptions were a big thing for him coming out of Ohio State. Didn't yes. really happen with Lamar. Lamar doesn't dump off. We know that's a thing, but we get to the right situation. J.K. Dobbins could be a really good value here. I mean, is mm-hmm. this the year where you're like, I'm not predicting him as a breakout again because he's fooled me, or is this it? I still believe in J.K., and he's I a definite buy. I, I really do. I mean, he was a second-round pick coming out of Ohio State, and if you recall, many people were debating in the offseason J.K. versus JT and uh, there were some analysts that, that had JK as the top of that class. I'm telling you. So we know that the talent has always been there. And when he's gotten back on the field, we've seen it. And it's just this reminder that this guy still has it. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a little concerned with what the Ravens might do. Are they going to bring in someone else? Does he get drafted over? Do they have the confidence left in him because of all the injuries? And, but I, I think I will say this, I think for sure, this guy is going to land a contract somewhere else. He still has plenty of talent and still plenty left in the tank in my mind. And if I'm getting into the second range, I'm okay with pulling the trigger and, and getting J, JK. I, I really uh, still like this guy and just believe in the overall talent. Probably I'm above market on, on JK Dobbins, but I think he's he's absolutely still right there for me in my mind. So I'm going to share a little bit here with you. So I think, John, one thing that's like really new that I've been flushing out and I've been like looking at things that we keep talking about, you know, there's a tier break around 110 and we, we say that the seconds from like 111 to like 204 are just sexy, right? Like the second round just looks yeah, fantastic. Yeah, second. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I, uh, I got to give a shout out here. But, you know, I convinced a guy, I, I talked to him today and I said, he goes, so I have Devonta Smith, and he go. He said, I'm looking to maybe, this is from Evan Metzger. Um, he said, guy wants to trade Brees Hall. Would you give up Brees Hall? He got Brees Hall in the 204 for Devonta in the 107. 
And I think this is a scenario where we're going to look at this class is deep. There's five elite like studs in this class. Then there's some nice guys in the middle, but I think it goes deep in that second round. And I think J.K. Dobbins. For sure it does. This, mm-hmm. this is the, the move that I would make to get J.K. Dobbins. Is I would take a guy that I believe in a little bit less, like we're going to talk about Cam Akers, like David Montgomery, and mm-hmm. I would trade the 111 and Montgomery for Dobbins in the 206. You oh, that's you get that, savvy, savvy you just move. get into that area where, like, Trusting your evaluation. If you listen to Smash Except, we're going to hook you up. You know, so gotcha. you're, going to, you're going to know who to take in that second round, and yep. then you're going to get two nice pieces there. And yeah, one eleven is going to be good, but Dobbins could be. You know, David Montgomery's not going to win you your league this year. Let's just be honest. But J.K. Dobbins could. Yeah, I really like that move, and we broke down the second round rookie picks last week, and we're going to continue to assess it. Have, if you haven't listened to that, though, go check it out because. The point that you should all be walking away with is that you can take advantage of the optics of it being a second round pick, especially in the early round. We said last week that you should think about these as like what mid to late 22 rookie picks were Mm -hmm. because the class is so deep, especially at running back. You can take advantage of those optics and that's how you win a lot of these trades is making moves like that where, you know, just because it starts with the two. You get that discount, and you're, you're walking away with somebody like Zach Charbonnet. So moving back there makes a lot of sense for me. I love it. I, and we feel like straight up like LeVar Burton from Reading Rainbow here sometimes. We're like, you don't have to take my word for it. Check out last week's pod. Uh, which, yo, by the way, LeVar Burton has his own podcast where he just reads books. Remember Reading Rainbow back in the day? Anyway. Oh, oh, uh, dude, I was all over Reading books. Rainbow. It's, it's where it's at. You know, this rainbow. That's what yeah, I'm talking about. All over Cam it. Akers was not on that show, but he's the next guy there. So Cam Akers is really tough, right? Like we talked about, has anyone had more of a roller coaster in value? I mean, like Cam Akers, you look at what he was able to do, and yeah. he had it was a tale of two two seasons for him, right? I mean, like he put up monster numbers there towards the end. He ended up with those yeah, final final I'll what? never forget that stretch well I'm not just talking about the playoffs I'm talking about this year I mean he finished over the final four weeks mm-hmm. he was RB5 so you have to look Amazing. at it it's been all the way up and down uh but for Cam Akers for me that cutoff I had put it 203 a lot of people are saying 201 it, it's hard right because I think Cam Akers could get there's, there could be more competition in there. But then on the other side, I'm telling myself narratives where the offensive line was a little beat up. Matthew Stafford wasn't there. You know, there, there's so the much to try to unravel. The definitely a problem. Yeah, you got to factor that in. So where would you value Cam Akers in that second mm-hmm. round? And if I'm putting players on some of these rookie picks here, I, I would rather have Kendra Miller, Sean Tucker, Zach Charbonnet. And mm-hmm. so what we're saying is those guys are late first, early second range. And then I'm probably going Cam Akers. And, you know, I think we talked about somebody like Miles Sanders earlier in that same type of range. I, I might just go Cam Akers here. I think that there's enough to still believe in. And I think the Rams will improve their offensive line. They know they have to. They still got Sean McVay there. There's still some hope that that offense could get back on track. So, Cam Akers overall, I, I, I wouldn't be um, opposed to do that. After some of those kind of that that tier of running backs goes, at that point, I'd be comfortable moving to, to Cam. you got to give a shout-out to T. Lou T. He, he's he's following alive on <laughs> the live stream. That, yeah. He put Reading Rainbows the best intro of all time. Guys, I'm going to put it in it. I'm going to put it in at the end of the episode just yeah, for a little, you know, little bit of uh, nostalgia. But, John, weeks 1 through 12, he was RB 67. 67. You know, he was 9.5 touches per game, 32 yards per game, 0.1 touchdowns. You know, it's like not happening, right? Weeks, The final four weeks, RB5 with over a touchdown a game, 18-plus touches, 96. You know, this is a similar situation as Dobbins where, yeah, he gets hurt again, values nothing. But if you can get Cam Akers, I think this could be another guy that's low-key, a nice little buy here. He's because a butterfly of this, what we're in the sky, about. you might say. I could fly twice as high with Cam Akers, baby. Let's do it. Uh, two more guys here that we got to get in before you know before we totally lose it and talk about other children's shows. Uh, <laughs> AJ Dillon, another projected breakout for for this past season, just didn't quite happen. 186 
Uh, carries 770 and 7, but his yards per carry dipped, which was disturbing. Went from 4.6 to 4.1. Um, he always has, you know, about 28 to 30 receptions, which gives him a nice solid PPR floor as a nice flex. Are you willing to buy him right now? His cost is the 208 to 210 range. It, which is funny because that's where I think I got him in a couple of drafts originally. So he's yeah, he has not like gone up or circle. down. Yeah. yeah, like he's back to where he started. Um, for a while, he was valued for sure at a first round rookie pick range. And now he's he's back down. I think you kind of have to remind yourself of, just the overall talent that he was coming out. He was a receiver at Memphis. He was the big play threat. He had crazy speed, breakaway. Oh, wait, we're um, going on Gibson. Did I say Gibson? Oh, I was on Gibson. My no, bad. no, that was A.J. Dillon. Well, let's talk about Gibson, too. Because <laughs> I'm that, on Gibson already. Yeah. I mean, Gibson was RB13 back-to-back seasons, and this year it was just Brian Robinson got more, so he had his worst you know, workload, his worst yards per carry, his most receptions – but I think on the opposite end, so we were talking about Dylan. Dylan is there, but Antonio Gibson is someone that, like, I think can only improve it, with a new to. landing spot, right? Uh, like a yeah. new landing spot for him is what he needs. It we're all huge. waiting for that. And yeah, like find a coach would, that knows how to utilize him, right? It, it, like I, I think that he is a buy low. Um, and, between yeah, those two, so you got Gibson, yeah, AJ Dylan, you got Antonio Dylan, Gibson. you got the two ten to two twelve range, like. Where do you put yeah. them in that? Well, and I, and this will come down to your roster construction a little bit too. If you need a floor play and a, and a running back, AJ Dillon's not a bad piece. But if you're looking for somebody that could really give you more of a ceiling, more of an upside um, to to play on a on a contender, then Antonio Gibson for sure could be that play. I think I'd prefer that. Right? I I, I still like. Antonio Gibson a bit more there. That's maybe why I skipped over AJ Dillon. Poor guy. My bad. He's still, you know, he's still got the, uh, the, the you know, the big um, thigh master. He's got the quads. Got he's got the, the quads. quads. The quads. Yeah, quadzilla, yeah. baby. Quadzilla. Yeah. It's, hard to, it's hard to compete with that. I think in the in the draft, you're going to be able to use those as pieces to move around, you know, and kind of go into there. The last yeah. guy, we'd just be remiss if we didn't say Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is, if you get any second still, Maybe he has a nice Super Bowl. Just sell him. Just just clear your roster of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, he was once the dynasty darling, but now at this point, you know, I would – I'm not even buying for a third. Like, I, I know that sounds horrible, but, like, Pacheco yeah. took over. You know, you lost your job that way. And I know he got injured, but, I mean, I'm, I'm out on Clyde Edwards-Alaire completely. The only reason I'm bringing him up is if we have the guy – let's see, this year's our RB6 is, say, Kendra Miller – Right, I think that's right around that range, or maybe maybe uh, Sean Tucker, and they go to that landing spot that you want. That does not make them the dynasty yeah, RB one. Cautionary tale, we right? Do not move him up there, you know. And I think people need to understand that. This like, is this is why we go through all of this work to get tiers, especially, but rankings before the draft based on talent, so that we're grounded in that, and we're still going to hear from some other analysts and keep, keep tweaking here. We kind of stay humble and take in all this information, we look at the analytics, we look at the film. I've been grinding some film. That That's the cautionary tale that we have with CEH, where he rose up boards. He was going, in some cases, number one overall, certainly yeah. became like a consensus, like what, top three pick that year in top top three four range that's what we want to avoid here because look what happened just bottom fell out and yeah he's, he's just i was not, so not even worth the third i now. was so pumped in the uh ultimate podcast dynasty podcast league which by the way smash except one year one and year two and then it folded but i had 102 and i got burrow because the guy traded up ahead of me to get to get clyde edwards hilarious i'm like it's amazing to yes. think about like could you like <laughs> that's you. insane but yeah. yeah, this has just been fun. Don't go selling those 23 picks based off of random information you're hearing right now. Continue to, you know, grind it out. Listen to what we're talking about. We're going to have some great guests in the upcoming weeks. So, we got thank you guys for tuning in and enjoy the process. Butterfly in the sky, I can go twice as high. Take a look, it's in a book, a reading rainbow. I can go anywhere.
know and ways to grow a reading rainbow. A reading rainbow.